Welcome to the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Spurs. And now, let's join our hosts. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to a new edition of the Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam, and I'm delighted to say I'm joined once again by my good friend, Matt. How you doing, mate? You alright? Yeah, I, I, I'm feeling victorious this week. Uh, clearly, Daniel Levy listens to the podcast because he reversed the decision. <laughs> yeah, well, clearly, yeah. They could, they, could, they could sense the anger from us last week. Yeah, they, you know? I, I'm, I'm not saying me and you are responsible, obviously, but I'm also not saying that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll leave it open, shall we? <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll leave it open-ended. All those people out there who think it was purely down to us? Well, okay, it wasn't, but... Um, last week was obviously uh, quite heavy. Um, me and you felt very emotionally invested in what we were talking about, um, and, and rightly so. Um, this week, I, I want to kind of touch on that and then move on from it, if that's okay. Yeah, of course. Um, because, you know, we, we did a did a vast majority of the show last week and I also want to get to some fan questions because obviously last week you know we were purely focused on this and we got some others so um, obviously uh, the big news this week from Tottenham Hotspur is the reversal of the decision made by the club to furlough using the government scheme and not top up the wages of the staff literally reduce their wages to 80% and let the government cover it Um, that has now been reversed uh, the club have announced that for the next two months, guaranteed they are paying all staff one hundred percent of their wages. Um, what I mean, I, I sent you the the statement as soon as I saw it. I mean, our website, the the Tottenham Hotspur website, crashed because of the amount of people trying to read it. So I saw the statement released, and then I saw someone retweet it saying, "Oh, they've reversed it," but I wasn't actually able to read the wording for ages. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, same as me. The link, I could get through to it. Yeah, yeah. It was really <laughs> aggravating me because I was like, I really want to see what they've said because the. You know the the buggers often in the detail of these things. Um, when you finally got to read it, what what were your thoughts on it? Yeah, it's funny you say that because I I was switching my phone from like Wi-Fi to four G. I'm like, why is it not <laughs> yeah. working? And I'm like, yeah, let's try another yeah. website. When that works, I'm like, oh, I see the problem now. But yeah, yeah I, I um I, I was obviously really relieved they did it. Now, yeah, I know you're going to get a lot of cynicism uh, about the time the time it took and yeah, of course, w- whether it was it wasn't fan pressure and it was just like, you know, they thought they were going to lose money from maybe pressure they were, they were receiving from sponsors. But yeah. I'd, I'd like to think that they did listen to us. I'd like to think they did. Yeah. And to, to be honest, look, okay, they, they, they've, they've made a terrible decision. They changed their minds. It took them a while, but they did change their minds. And that's the key thing yeah. because that, there was um, a comment, I think, on on our on our page, and someone was as as angry as ever, you know, saying mm, that yeah. uh, it, this clearly proves they don't they don't care about the fans. And I said, look, you you if you imagine there was if you imagine that there, that there could have been two statements that could have come out, there could have been the yeah. statement that did happen, or there yeah, could have well, been they could have doubled they could have doubled down yeah. statement. Yeah, look, you know, we've looked at it, we still think that it should stay as it is. Now that would have obviously increase the anger I think with people and and justifiably yeah. so you know but they've they've changed their minds and I, I think it's it's an important lesson I think I could teach my children that you know sometimes if you make a mistake if you if you're able to rectify it then it, yeah. it, it takes a lot of courage to do it because you're basically you're admitting that you've made a mistake you, you know people can people can make mistakes and they could in their mind think maybe this is not a good idea but um, I, I, to, to say face I'm going to just carry on with that mistake and you know yeah. like I say you said double down on it but they, they did they changed their minds and I take my hat off to them for doing that you, you yeah, know I th- it's, um, it's interesting you know people talk about the motivations in, in a situation like this where uh, paying the staff and and the staff having the money that you know they're contractually obliged to etc. It's one of those situations where you look at it and go, the end result is kind of the important thing. You know they, they change their mind. Those staff are now getting hundred percent of their wages. We have got what we the fan base were demanding. Now the ra- the reasons why they got there etc. I've got a bit of insight into this because. Um, 
A, fr- a friend of mine actually uh, works at the club on a contract basis as a scout. I think I've mentioned this before. I'm certainly not going to drop any names or anything. But the, the insight I was given is that the club were actually shocked at the level of anger from the fan base. Okay. And I can't quite make my mind up on this of how I feel about that because it's kind of like, are you that much in your ivory tower? You, you know, you didn't realise that that would upset people or, or that the fans would actually care? Or, or you know, or is it just a case of um, they were thinking to themselves... And, and also, I, I've been in positions like this, so where you're so blinkered and you're kind of like, right, you know all our income's being hit, okay, we got this government scheme, brilliant, that way we can save X, perfect, all those staff, you know, they keep their jobs, and we cut that expense, brilliant, you know, what a good business decision that is, but you're so blinkered, because you're thinking purely in numbers, does that make sense? Mm. Uh, am I coming across that? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it feels to me like almost that's what happened, and then when everyone went mental, they were like, why is everyone going mad? <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 um it's one of those things where I think you you look at um uh, businesses. It's it's kind yeah. of you know you look at the different levels of it, and like you said, when I think when you you get to the higher echelons of a business, yeah. it's difficult to look at to relate almost to, to the to the lower echelons of it, isn't it? You know, yeah, and it you, is, and, yeah. and, it, and it must be difficult not to look at it as as like you say, just as purely numbers, yeah. and and and. It, for different reasons, I, I guess. But if, if you're uh, listen, you, I know you, you you've got you've got business, so you're you're a businessman, yeah. and it's it must be difficult, mustn't it, to kind of. But I, I guess, you know, no, all due respect, you're you're not you're not a Daniel Levy, are you? No, no, right? no. So no. when 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 it gets to those kind of levels, you know, like those grand levels, yeah. It, yeah. It, it it must get harder and harder. Which is, I guess, probably why you yourself, and I know you mentioned it last week's podcast, was able to relate more to your staff because. You know, you're yeah. more close in there, and and you kind of know them better. Whereas well, does Daniel yeah. Le- does Daniel Levy know the person who who serves a pint of beer on a Saturday afternoon? You know, it's... no, no, it, and and that's the reality. The reality is when you get to that level of uh, directorship, if you like, with that number of staff, that number of people, etc., it's impossible to to know them personally. And also, it. it... Uh, and again, this is going to sound a little bit heartless. You you do yourself in if you tried. Does that make sense? <laughs> you know, if if you tried to have a uh, personal knowledge of every single individual working for a corporation like Tottenham Hotspur and, and had a personal investment in every single individual, I, th- I think you'd drive yourself nuts. I mean, my own personal of that with a few hundred people, you know, I spent three days just a mess. And I guarantee you this, if this goes the full three months of like lockdown without me getting any income, I'm going to be a mess again because I'm then confronted with the next raft of horrible decisions of what I do. Mm. So to try and run a company, a corporation of that size, you do have to have a little bit of detachment. But yeah. what, I, what I liked is the fact that when he was confronted with, or when the board was confronted with this reaction, I mean... The Tottenham Hotspur Supporters Trust really drove it home. You know, they really made the point to them, you know, and they went to the press every, pretty much every press outlet you can think of ran a story about this with quotes from the trust on behalf of the fans. And I think unlike on some other issues where the trust have sort of voiced the fan opinion, but then there's loads of other fans saying, oh, ignore the trust, you know, you're doing a great job. On this occasion, there was a real resounding pay the staff um you know on every social media post on everything they did uh, and I'll, I'll admit i was part of that on twitter yeah i, I was as well on facebook yeah. i i just it was just we're not interested at the moment like you know unless nah. you start doing things properly then we're not yeah. interested but i was no. I, there's there's an there's an um an angle of this though that i don't think it's been discussed that often and i wonder what your mm. thoughts were as well on this but yeah. you, you um i i wonder whether Spurs thought that all clubs were going to follow suit. Like, like they they thought, yeah. like we're we're going to be doing this now, and probably in the next couple of days, all twenty Premier League teams will be the same. Do, mm. do you think? Do you do you think that's what they thought was going to happen? It's quite possible. I, I think the funny thing is, is a lot of times with situations like that, people wait and see what happens to the team that goes first. 
So it's kind of like when New because Newcastle announced first, that's what they were doing, and they got publicly slammed, and we like followed up the next day, and you you kind of you kind of wonder in that instance why the hell there wasn't somebody in the board's ear going, whoa, wait a minute, <laughs> give it a couple more days because let's just see how the press builds around Newcastle because if they're getting slammed and nobody else is doing this, then. You know, we really because this is the thing that I never understood is the April pay paychecks, for example, aren't due till the end of April. So why would you announce? You know, they didn't need to announce that then. There's no rush to do it, was there? No, like, no. They they literally could have stood back and gone, Look, let's just see how this plays out. Because of course, Newcastle announced it. Now Liverpool announced it when we did, but then backtracked the very next day. You know, their their fans and ex-players got on them and 24 hours, bang, they reversed it. You got um, Man City then, of course, announced they weren't going to do it, you know? <laughs> and, and of course, it, it like you said then, it's, it's kind of a case of it feels a bit like perhaps they sat in that meeting and all went, oh, you know, if the players aren't going to take the, the, the pay cut, perhaps perhaps we all, uh, all do this. And everyone went, yeah, yeah, that's not a bad idea. And then they all went back, a couple of them announced it, and everyone else went, oop, let them go first. Mm, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. then you started seeing other clubs like, you know, Southampton, Norwich, sort of like, oh, well, we're going to do this, but, you know, we're, we're, and, you know, and the way their announcements were made were so much more in kind of, uh, you know, arms round, we are in this together, but, you know, we're suffering. Because, because, of course, the other thing as well, when you do comparisons with the clubs, the, the problem Tottenham had, and it is just a timing problem, is we announced these monstrous record profits, and then the very next week we're saying, yeah, but we can't afford to pay our own staff. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. It was terrible timing, wasn't it? And, and it's like you say, it, it doesn't... You, you think these, these guys... You'd think they'd have just a little bit of foresight to think, look, you know, mm. like you said... They're not going to get paid to the end of April, so we've got a few weeks here to yeah. think about. And just to, it's a bit like playing a game of poker, isn't it? You know, don't yeah. play your hands so early. And, and that, yeah. that really surprised me that they did. It just doesn't didn't make any sense. It's um, it's a kind of a again, it's like a double edged sword with all of these things because if you're thinking of your staff welfare, letting them know as early as possible that they're only going to be getting 80% of the money is the right thing to do. You know, if you're in that position where that is literally your only choice, you know, like some companies definitely were in that or in that, look, I'm sorry, but this is the only thing I can do because I've got no income, then letting them know as early as possible is the right thing to do. So you could argue, yeah, okay, that, but when you've got Tottenham... That wasn't the only thing. They, you know, that wasn't a backs against the wall. Mm. Yeah, they've got no income coming in, but there is a cash surplus within the club, and there is a billionaire owner, like we discussed last week. That, that really means that that shouldn't have ever happened. It, it just, it's just a bizarre thing. Now, one of the things from the statement which really struck me, because <laughs> because I, I tend to read these things with kind of a you know magnifying glass is obviously they talk about it's going to be two, you know, they've guaranteed it for the next two months, but then obviously they have to reassess. Now, I'm fine with that because, uh, you know, circumstances, you know, we don't know where we're going to be. You know, you, you know, the world is already in a completely different place. So I completely understand reassessing, totally get that. But one of the things that I was really pleased of is they say in that, um, and we are going to consult with the Tottenham Hotspur Supporters Trust you know, so so in essence, what they've learned from this is the fans do have a pretty big voice, yeah. and the fans really can cause hell if they want to. Mm. And I and I really hope the fans have learned that when we are united is one thing. You know, when everybody is saying pay the staff, when everybody is saying, you know, no, this isn't good enough, they have to listen. <laughs> yeah. You know, they really do. And there's, there is a certain element of satisfaction from it because, you know, there's things in life that, you know, people get upset about and want to change and you think, oh, nothing's ever going to happen. But no. this this seemed to work, didn't it? Yeah, it, did. it, it yeah, seemed it to work. And, and and I know last week I was saying, you know, if if I give a, give up my season ticket, someone will just snap it up. They don't, they don't care. Mm. Well, possibly this is proof. Possibly they do. 
you know? Well, I, I think there's definitely an element of, of care, and, and I think it was the shock element of this isn't just a vocal minority. This isn't just, you know, like, we've always got vocal minority, you know, Pochettino out, now we've got Jose out. You know, these the club aren't going to listen to that. No. But if, but if all of a sudden every single social media post, every single thing said the same thing, which is what was happening, pay the staff, they can't ignore that. You know, from from a from a business point of view, when your customers, you know, again talking as a business now, are screaming at you about something, you have to act because if you don't, you're literally taking away. You know, when things get back to normal, you're taking away income. You know, you look at the Tottenham Hotspur shop; they've done a sale, reduced everything by forty percent. Yeah, and then there was a thing in um, uh, what was it, uh, London Standard, I think, yesterday. They'd sold nothing wow. in over a week. Yeah. And like it was literally fans replying to every single thing that got sent out or were replying like F off, pay your staff. Yeah. Or who who's packaging these shirts up to send out? People who aren't getting paid, go away. Mm-hmm. And that had to have hit home fast, you know. <laughs> well do you know do you know what that's what I was gonna ask you actually, because I know you were saying that hey, you just mentioned about ten minutes or five ten minutes ago that obviously we're not getting the income now. Do yeah. is it negligible that the income do you know, is it what kind of like does it make any kind of difference did the income they get from merch, selling merch if you like? Well it well it does. It does yeah, I mean it does because Obviously, the club have the club shop, for example, sell merchandise and, and make money from it. Um, one of the one of the big misconceptions with Tottenham or any football club is around shirt sales, because this is the one that always makes me laugh. Because obviously, people seem to think that you know Nike pay twenty odd million quid just for the honour of making our shirt. That's not it. They they pay that because whenever they sell, they get the vast majority of that money. Right. With some clubs, they get all. You know, some clubs they literally will get a hundred percent. With Tottenham, we do retain some of the merchandising rights. So for every Nike shirt sold, I think Tottenham get about five percent or something like that. So it's not a massive revenue. But then again, I'm going to overcomplicate this, but the Tottenham store, for example, would have bought stock, and so anything they sell from the Tottenham store is club income. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, did sure, I, did sure. I, Yeah, did I follow that? Yeah, so they're buying it in bulk from Nike, you know, so they're literally buying Tottenham shirts from but it's, Nike. Yeah, no, I get that, but it's, yeah, it's, so still like, not, it's still on the same level as... No, you know, no, money they get from TV rights. No, it is nothing. It is yeah. really negligible, yeah, yeah. But it is something that would get noticed. You, you think about a club the size of Tottenham. The official club shop will sell stuff every single day, 365 days a year, you know, even if it's someone logging on to buy a, you know, a key ring for their dad. You know, just something that shop, online store, will sell stuff every day. For it to go a couple of days with nothing is noticeable. Mm. You know, for them to put on this massive sale and people still not buy one shirt, that's noticeable. Yeah. You know, that's the sort of thing that's going to have an impact across the entire club. And for all of the, especially because someone said this to me yesterday and I hadn't even thought about this. And he said, Oh, I saw they reduced the Tottenham shirt, so I bought one. I mean, why in the hell would you buy one right now? It's not like this is a great season. You know, even if we resumed, it's not like a great season. <laughs> yeah. And he said to me, he said, well, it's a collector's item. This is the shirt from the season that got stopped by coronavirus. And I was like, oh, I hadn't even thought of it like yeah, that. Yeah, that is quite interesting. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm... oh, yeah, okay, you, you make a kind of a valid point there, I guess. <laughs> I mean that's that's the thing. I mean I, I know we was talking before the podcast uh, aired that we were saying about how in twenty thirty years this will be in, in textbooks yeah, at school, yeah, yeah. and you know if you've got a shirt that was from that year, I guess yeah. you, you've got an extra element of it. Haven't you? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's just kind of like I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fair shout. Yeah. I know what I'm doing oh. as soon as this podcast finishes. Sam. I know. I know. Sky. Yeah. Thanks to this podcast, you're about to see a bump in sales, Daniel. Because we know you listen. Um, that, that, we we can say that. That's our that's our thank you of listening to us. We'll, we'll bump yeah. up your shirt sales. It's very very, very kind. We're, we're legends like that. Um, now, one of the other things that the club did this week or announced this week and are doing is that they've converted the stadium um, to help the NHS. 
one part of the stadium is now operating as a basically a drive-through, drive-in testing centre for COVID-19. And another section away from that drive-in, drive-out centre is acting as like a maternity ward. Um, obviously because hospitals, etc. are trying to separate maternity, etc. from wards where the virus is. Um, it's something that... Uh, was announced the same day that they announced, you know, that they were backtracking. And I I think it, don't get me wrong, stuff like this is tactical in announcements, of course it is, but at the same time, it really helped me heal from from feeling like the club was a bunch of bastards. (laughs) Yeah. Do do, do you know what, though, Sam? All that, that, when I heard that, the only vision Mm -hmm. I had in my head is some die-hard Arsenal fan whose wife is nine months pregnant. Saying, nope, <laughs> no, nope, nope. Yeah, I oh, know. To, to be honest, it's, it's funny because you say that, and I hadn't thought of that scenario, but on Twitter, and it, this, I think, sums up sometimes the, the mental break in people's minds, and this isn't just them. I, I dare say there's people in our fan base who'd say the same thing. But there's a guy on there, there's an Arsenal fan tweeted, I'd rather die of COVID-19 than go and get tested at their stadium. <laughs> yeah. And, yep. and the, I mean, someone replied just going, that's natural selection for you. Yeah, there he goes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, great reply. But just, you know, but yeah, your thing's better. Your thing, that's brilliant. I'd, you know, an, an Arsenal, die-hard Arsenal fan. He's got, like, the cannon tattoo and everything. And his missus is being rushed into the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium to give birth. He knows. His oh, son, for his entire yeah, life, his child... For his was entire born life, born. His, his child was born inside Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. <laughs> That's awesome, I, I I almost want that to happen more yeah. than anything else to happen out of this crisis now. It's like, oh, no. Would he, would he disown him? <laughs> would he just like, no, no, he's yeah. not mine. Yeah, no, I was yeah. thinking, do you know what I'd love? Like, So the, he, he has a little boy and his boy gets to about seven or eight and obviously yeah. he's taken to loads of Arsenal games. Yeah. And then his boy gets to about 13 or 14. Yeah. And he's had a conversation with his mum and he's like, Dad, I didn't know I was born in the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. <laughs> he said, oh. <laughs> yeah. All yeah. these years, you've made, you've made me an yeah. Arsenal fan. You've, you've made... <laughs> Yeah, you've made me a gooner, and I, I, I was born a Tottenham fan. Oh, could you imagine? Oh, the pain of that for someone. Oh, that's, see, that's, that's brought a smile to my face anyway, just, just the thought of that. But yeah, so it's the club have done that, and it is, you know, that is great, really. You know, the, the facilities in that stadium are fantastic, and they've made them available for free. I dare say Daniel's charging them the electric or something, but <laughs> you know what I mean. It just they've done that, and that is great. And it is so easy to to just get dragged into the negative. They have done that. They have reversed the decision on the other thing. So I think it is important we kind of salute that um, and and draw a line now and say, okay, hopefully the club board have learned some lessons from this, which is the fan base won't tolerate them being heartless bastards. Um, yeah, and and it's and it's like I said earlier, you know, we're all human, we all make mistakes. Yeah. But it's yeah. having that courage to admit your mistake, I think, yeah. is what yeah. is where... And, where and, and, yeah, and like I said, it is very easy to see numbers on a page, see, like, this is a way we can save money, let's do it, and, mm. and not think about it in a greater context. Um, which hopefully they are now, and hopefully, you know, we're going to see the back of some of these decisions. But, mate, one of the things I wanted to do desperately is obviously move across to the questions from our Facebook page because last week there was a clear theme. Um, I dare say there's going to be some still on it this week, but uh, we obviously basically didn't answer anybody else. So I thought we'd go there and see what that brings us. Are you up for that? Yeah, let's go, mate. And now it's time for your comments directly from our Facebook page. So on our Facebook page, you will find a question from Peter Robinson. Peter says, Is the football club going to survive this crisis? How much debt is there surrounding the repayments on the new stadium? 
Oof. This is your fault. This is your fault, say Sam. <laughs> oh, brutal. What a brutal one to kick off with. Um, are they going to survive? Yes. Um, uh, to be honest with you, at the moment, it's impossible to tell uh, how big an impact it's going to have because it's impossible to tell just how long this is going to last. It's impossible to tell whether the season's going to be completed or not. Uh, and it's also impossible to tell what financial impact the season not being completed will have because all of this is up in the air there's so much conjecture uh for example tv companies demanding repayment you know 750 million from the premier league will they want that cash back if the premier league were to offer them an additional season to the deal probably not you know the money's already been spent an additional season would typically cost them a lot more than 750 million so you know that's one way that the clubs keep the money. Yes, it means there's an extra season on the deal, but boo-hoo, they can all, they can all live with that, no problem at all. Um, so yeah, there's loads of scenarios, and it is really difficult to discuss the impact. With regards to the debt, the club, um, really fortunately now, um, basically uh, rejigged all the financing on the stadium uh, into sort of bond issues, about six months prior to this crisis, uh, what that in essence does is it's compacted the debt to a point where um, the, the the club's e- I say this easily the club can really easily maintain that debt, um, providing normal operations are resumed. You know, at some point in the next twelve months, which we all have to believe. It's pretty likely. You know, I think it was, yeah, yeah, we all have to believe. Will. Um, I I think football as a whole is going to be changed by this. I um I know I I, I still see and and we may have some here. I've not gone through them, so I apologise if if I'm about to trample on. But I still see a lot of stuff about you know well, what do you think about transfers this summer and stuff. I think the whole world needs to realise that this is big. You know this is last summer. 60 to 100 million on a player was kind of where the big clubs were you're just not going to get that this summer a club would have to be of course there are a few funded by the oil wealth of entire nations but you'd have to be a bit insane to spend that considering the financial problems that everybody in the world has got right now um, but it also means that a lot of clubs won't be letting players go. An example that I read yesterday was like Jaden Sancho. Uh, Borussia Dortmund have basically decided that someone pays a hundred million for him, he's gone. You know, we're, we're happy, we're more than happy with that return for this young man. What clubs are going to pay that? You know, realistically, this summer because of everything that's just happened. I mean, there are probably still going to be a couple that could, but. Should should they? Yeah, because that's mental. Yeah, I can't see it. Um, and, and so the the transfer market's going to be very different. Um, it, it's almost going to feel like, uh, you know, a delay. Everything's going to have to catch up again. So, yeah, the, the impact. So the going back to the question. Apologies, I have digressed. Um, do is the club going to survive? Yeah, it is. I mean, the club's got enough money in the bank to to service everything for up to twelve months. Obviously. The club needs to take measures and, you know, monitor things. They do need the playing staff to do a deal because that is massively draining when there's no income coming in. Um, but that's a side issue. Um, and yeah, they, they, you know, it, it's all, it's all there. They, they should be fine. I mean, the club is owned by a billionaire. That if he needed to put money in for short term to get them through. No businessman in the world wouldn't do that for a business like Tottenham. You know, you'd be mad. Why would you let Tottenham go to the wall for the sake of what, in essence, he could find down the back of one of his yacht sofas? You know, <laughs> it, it just it just wouldn't happen. So, uh, the club is going to survive it. Um, how the club looks, how the club operates, coming out the other side of it's going to be interesting because you know Daniel Levy's kind of a. Uh, doesn't like spending at the best of times after this i think any of us getting in to spend 50p on something could be interesting so yeah we'll have to see where that goes but thank you for that question that was depressing let's hope the next one's more uplifting um well 
I don't know whether to read this out or not, but I'm going to because it's a bit self-gratifying. Um, Aaron Jewell says, Not a discussion point, but a massive thanks to the team at Spurs News for putting out great content, especially the last few weeks. Stay safe. Isn't that nice? That's nice, yeah. And, and to be fair, I mean, mate, you can take about 80 to 90% of the credit at that, mate. <laughs> so thank oh, you. No, no, I, no, I don't. No, it's a team effort. It's a team effort. If... If Dan wasn't doing what Dan does and Laura wasn't doing her pole dancing, so but I mean, I feel really bad for Laura at the moment. I mean, she hasn't been able to work the pole for months. I mean, how's she living? How's she getting any income? Uh, have they, have they not got like a social distancing version of it somewhere? No, apparently. Just look from afar. <laughs> well, apparently her income's um, like made up about eighty percent of what's in her G string at the end of the night. So people have to be able to lean in to put the notes in. Um, so yeah, no, poor girl. I mean. I mean, I heard she might be setting up like some sort of webcam show thing, but I'd, you know, I'll let her talk about that. I'll, I'll try and get her on next week. We'll see. When she listens to this, she's going to batter <laughs> me for that. Uh, Dave Merlin says, Agreed, Aaron. I follow a number of Spurs Facebook pages, but this is the only one that seems to know just what's really going on. The others are simply clickbait to benefit the page owners and their advertising revenue, or mostly speculation sharing other media information, accurate or not. Do, do you know what? It's nice to see that, especially as well, yeah. uh, over recent months when uh, I, I know we get a lot of people that get upset about us posting things that they're not specifically interested in, you know? know. So, like, you know, if we post something about the, the, the Spurs uh, Spurs ladies, why? But but that's that's what it is. The clue's in the title, isn't it? Spurs News. Yeah. Like you say, yeah. we're just trying to keep people informed of all everything Spurs-related, which is kind it, of... You you do think that that would be kind of clear, yes. But no, it has been a struggle for a while. But yeah, reading those comments really uh, gave me a lift over all things. So I really appreciate people taking the time for that. Uh, James Hogan says, A really passionate podcast last week about the club and its directors, etc. For me, the feeling was relief that they changed their minds. How did you guys feel? Well, I mean, we, we've covered that. Um but yeah, I think relief's pretty, uh, pretty fair. I think relief, and then a little bit of from me anyway, relief and a little bit of satisfaction that they're not the heartless people I feared them to be. You know, they have done the right thing. What about you? Yeah, it, it, the same. Uh, the relief was there because, look, I, I, I genuinely, I wasn't just saying it uh, just to kind of be flippant or to kind of make a point. I was thinking, how can I? How can I give up my season ticket? I was, I was, no, no. I was looking into it. I was like, I don't, I don't want to go to the, I don't want to watch them anymore. And you, I remember you saying you had zero percent interest in watching a club, and yeah. that's exactly how I, how I felt. And look, don't get me wrong, it's, it's not. Um, I've not now instantly switched to like the, the love sort of flooding back, but at the same of time, not, no. But at the same time, it's like look, they've 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 done the right thing now. So look. Like you said, yeah. we can we can move on from it now. You know, it, they, yeah. they, they've learned from it. We've learned from it. It's one of those things that if something similar happened again, you'd be like, Jesus Christ, this club—they just don't get it. But yeah. if 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 going forward, that they, they they'll bear these kind of things in mind and bear in mind that at, that they seem to be taking the fans' views on board, then yeah. then that's great. Then that's great. That's that that means not only have they learnt from it, but they've changed going forward as well. So and, and that, yeah, they agree. That, that's the key thing. Is is kind of what happens going forward from this. Um, and like I said in their statement, they talk about how they're going to you know review the situation in two months and actively engage with the supporters' trust. You know. I get that you're not going to release to the public, you know, this is, you know, this is the exact financial information and why we're making this decision, but you can, you know, be a bit clearer, not just we're doing this. Yeah. <laughs> you can yeah. say, look, you know, we've reviewed this after two months because we still have no income because of this, because of this, we are now going to have to use this scheme and this is what we're going to do. And this is why I think people will be far more forgiving and far more understanding with clearer communication and rationale rather than it just feeling like hang on a minute you you've made 180 million and now you're doing this mm. come on <laughs> yeah um stefan cruz alvarez or step in stefan the super sub says that wanyama interview um have you seen this mate i haven't no it's cost oh, me by it oh god okay so 
yesterday I get sent a message from Stefan and he says, um, uh, I love Wanyama calling out the fake news on Twitter. And I was like, what, what fake news? What are you on about? So I thought, oh, I'll have a quick look. Uh, basically, Wanyama was retweeting an interview he did with The Athletic. Um, now, Stefan probably doesn't subscribe to The Athletic, so he hasn't clicked on the interview. All he's seen is that Wanyama's called it uh, paranormal activity or something like that. So he thinks Wanyama's saying this is all made-up rubbish because the headline is kind of a bit jaw-dropping when you read it in isolation. The headline is basically Wanyama was furious not to be picked in the Champions League final. Right. Now, to any Spurs fan who watched Wanyama play in his final season with us at any point, to say that he wasn't picked for the Champions League final, we'd all pretty much go... Well, duh. Yeah, <laughs> there's reasons. <laughs> there, yeah, well, yeah, of course he wasn't picked. I was amazed he was in the squad. Um, so to hear his version of this, um, and in the kind of uh, Wanyama tinted glasses view on the world of how he says he was fully fit at all times, how he says his performance levels hadn't dropped in this interview. How how he feels the club ignored him, and how how he feels he was treated unfairly, uh, trained just as hard as everybody else, um, you know, it's kind of um, it was kind of funny to be honest with you, which which is not what it's meant to be, <laughs> you know. This is a guy who's done an interview where he's basically talking about himself as if he was still at that same level. He doesn't seem to acknowledge at all that knee injuries made a massive impact on him. He he seems to just be of the opinion that he came back from those injuries and the club treated him like crap. Uh, I'm like, no dude, <laughs> you weren't the same player. And when we and when we sold him, like I had this real kind of outpouring of love for him. This kind of the guy came in, was amazing, got injured, sadly could never recover from it. Um, you know, but best of luck in, in Canada, the you know, the MLS because you know what a what a great guy you were for us prior to the injury, and now I've just read this interview and I'm I'm, I'm cracking up. Uh, I mean, it just it was ridiculous. The guy's view of I should have been playing in the Champions League final alone is just hilarious. But did, but did like did you think not part of him his thinking would be that look and I I mean this with all due respect, okay? But he's he, like yeah. you say he's playing in Canada now, isn't he? Right. Yeah. Now. Like he, he should be, he should be in the prime. I mean, officially, age-wise, yeah. officially, yeah, age-wise, uh, yes. he should be in his prime. I mean, yes. Yes. like wherever that. But so, really, if if he deserved to be in the Champions League final, if he came back and he was the same player that we saw, you know, at the beginning of his career, then you would have had half the Premier League knocking on our door, and we would have been bat- <laughs> batting off forty, fifty million pound price tags, wouldn't we? Just, the, just the, a the, bit. Yeah. The, the fact that the fact that. There's a club in Belgium fighting it out with his old club Celtic for the smallest amount they could yeah. possibly pay, and he ends up in Canada. Surely that would give him a bit of an insight into the player he is now. Surely. Uh, well, no. You, you'd think. You, you'd think, but it would appear that sometimes players get within a bubble of themselves. But what shocked me the most, right? And this, this just had me rocking. The comments. There appears to be this, like flat earth society level conspiracy theorists that think he's right Jesus. I'm like what 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 are you on about I mean it, uh, I don't know whether perhaps it's just Kenyan football fans who are like you know he's you know he's worshipped yeah. so perhaps you know if he says I was fully fit they're all going to go yeah he was damn you Tottenham it's a little <laughs> but, bit of bias there <laughs> Yeah, but Jesus, I I just could not get over it. So yeah, so Stefan bringing up that interview, I if you can find it, if you're a subscriber to the Athletic, go find it. Um, I mean, there is some good stuff in there. He talks about you know coming to English football, you know being in Scotland and stuff like that, and how he'd like to play for Celtic again, maybe because uh, you know the, the, he loved it there. But yeah, just um. So, it do, is it do, is funny. Do, do you know talking about it? Kind of well, I mean, it kind of links in, I guess, with the kind of the, the odd interview. Did you yeah. ever? Did you ever know the reason why he was clutching a can full of spaghetti when he when he <laughs> like what was that about? Yeah, yeah, I do know. So basically, when he first joined Twitter, 
Um, he treated Twitter like literally verbalizing whatever was on his mind. Um, you know, like you see some people's early tweets and you're just like, what, what was going through your mind when you tweeted that to the world? And one of the things is when he first came to Britain, he'd never had spaghetti in his life. So he tweeted just that, just ate spaghetti, loved it. (laughs) I was like, this is amazing. What is this stuff? I've just been fed. And, and because of that, it became like this thing, um, you know, like, yeah, Wanyama loves his spaghetti. So when he signed for us, the social media team got imposing with a load of spaghetti. <laughs> but yeah, it was bonkers. But yeah, I mean, the, the, the guy was great for us. And I, I will never forget the, the season, two seasons, where he was arguably the best defensive midfielder in Europe. He was just phenomenal. Yeah, he was. And, and also as well, I don't know if you saw... Um... I'm not sure if it was the the Tottenham official Tottenham page, but one of the one of the social media uh, groups uh, posted this video of these two lads that basically recreated about ten Spurs goals. Did you see that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I loved and, it. And yeah. one of them they re- recreated was Wanyama's goal, and yeah. and that and when I saw the because re- obviously they sh- they showed the, the 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 actual goal itself, and I'm like, yeah. I've forgotten about that man. I, I, yeah, that was yeah. just one of the, his absolute highlights. That rocket that went in, yeah, and, and it was that that was the crazy game I think where we drew, but it felt yeah. like, it felt like a win, didn't it? Yeah, didn't it ever? <laughs> yeah, yeah, with the two penalties at the end. Yeah, yeah crazy so, um, game. Yeah, well, yeah, Lamella's still limping because of that vicious kick to his shin. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, 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 oh! Did I go down a bit quickly? Who cares? Yeah, who cares? Exactly. But that strike, oh. that strike by Wayne Yar, mate, it was just beautiful. You can oh, watch it was, that it was ridiculous times. because you ask any of the Tottenham players, like the minute they saw him coming onto it, they were going, "Oh, don't shoot! Yeah, don't come on! You haven't hit the back of the net in like five years." Every day in training, you're like damaging the floodlights when you do this. Oh, oh, hang on, he scores. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what the hell was that? Yeah, no, I love that. Um, it's like one of my favourite things in football when a player who never scores does something like that, and everyone just looks around like, what? Shock. Yeah, they don't know whether like, to celebrate or just to kind of just yeah. did I just see that? <laughs> yeah, it's like what the hell just happened? Um. The next question's from Marty Ost. Uh, Marty says, I'm relieved I don't have to buy a season ticket at Bromley, as I promised to do if they didn't change their minds. Uh, does anyone believe that this was anything other than economic decision to counteract an incorrect economic decision? Um, we've already kind of discussed it, Marty. I think we've covered that. Um, uh, the, the genuine insight I've had uh, from someone I know at the club and also from people, journalists, is... The, the fan out, you know, cry. Now, there's not a doubt in my mind that the fans screaming at every social media post would have had corporate sponsors feeling uneasy because, you know, you don't want to be associated with a brand that's toxic. Nobody does. And Tottenham's brand was becoming toxic because of this. Um, so I'm not naive enough to think that, of course, that wouldn't have been a factor. But the general consensus I've got from everybody is just the board were absolutely shocked into action by it. You know, we're we're just taken aback. And I I take it back to what I said to Matt earlier, which is it's very easy when you're at that level to just think of everything as figures. And then all of a sudden, I think they got shocked back into reality of, you know, actually, no, this is people. (laughs) Oh, bloody hell. (laughs) You know, what, what are we doing? Right, okay, what can we do? And, you know, they said in their statement... They then worked to find a solution which would enable them to to do this. Um, I, I'm going to take him at their word for it because they, you know, they didn't need to to do this. You know, they could have doubled down and forced us all into, you know, Bromley season tickets and stuff like that. Because, like Matt kept saying, if I give up my season ticket, I I just know someone else is going to take it, and that was the reality for all of us. Is that gut punch feeling of they don't care about us as individuals because we are just numbers um but they didn't they did show that they care so i'm I'm gonna kind of take that and run with it and hope that like we said earlier lessons are learned and we're not gonna have this again he says um <laughs> the next one um is from someone who said the name is brother musa thicket if I'm saying this wrong, man, I'm really sorry. I'm from Bristol. I massacre everything. Um, he says a realistic transfer budget. Um, 45 pence. 
Uh, man, I we, we've touched on this as well. Matt, what do you think? I, I, I transfers and stuff is just so far from. Uh, you know, I'm seeing the yeah. press like run transfer stories right now, and I get it; they've got nothing else to do. But I'm like, really? <laughs> yeah, but do you know what? Something I'm glad he's brought that because something I wanted to mention when you were talking about it earlier was that one possible positive we might get out of this is yeah. the agents might take a big hit. You know, which I'd like to see. Well, because, you and me both. Yeah, because they're not going to be able to ramp up these 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 um, uh, yeah. uh, uh, transfer fees for their own gain. You know, so yeah. hopefully that that's that's one positive that will come out of it. And whether whether it will be looked at in general, you know, the way that agents deal with things, because clubs, like you say, you know, with the exception of the huge ones aren't going to be able to pay these overinflated prices going forward and maybe the agents is where they're going to look to bring the cost down you know I don't know but yeah. I don't know how it's going to pan out but I'd, I'd like to see them have a bit less power than they currently have yeah no I hear you man um, I, I mean I'd like any any opportunity at all for agents to get a kick in I really would yeah, yeah me not too not a fan yeah. um, so the, the yeah, I mean, with that, it's impossible to say transfer budget. It is really impossible. I, I uh, no, I, I can't even hazard a guess. Like, look, we, I mean, we've discussed it already. It's just there's so many factors and so many moving parts at the moment. Um, we'll have to wait and see. But realistically, um, it's all going to greatly depend on how the season's concluded. So if the season's concluded with, right, we're going to play all these games behind closed doors and the season's going to end, then the transfer budget will be greatly dictated then from the TV money. Okay, we're not repaying anything and we will have a definitive, you know, we next season we will be playing Europa League or no Europe at all, etc. Mm-hmm. Um that will, of course, dictate what we can then spend. I think it will be a case of, like, with a lot of clubs, any transfers are dictated greatly by ins and outs. You know, it's going to be sort of one in, one out kind of scenarios across the board. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see. It's such a such a strange thing. It's 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 very much like uh, because of like obviously what's going on in the world with the pandemic. Yeah. It's it's that saying, isn't it? How long's a piece of string? Nobody yeah. knows at the moment, do they? You know, it's nah. we're all just guessing, aren't we? It is. It is massive guesswork, and and because it's massive guesswork, when you're talking to companies with this kind of level of uh, income and outgoing, you know, it's very stressful guesswork for them at this time. Mm. James Hoskins says, "Can we finish top four if the season gets played out as all our players are looking likely to be fit?" Um, mathematically, yes. Um, after this break, form, etc., going into the break, kind of goes out of the window. It's like a fresh start. Um, look, in theory, yes. In practice, I don't think so. I think we, we've left ourselves far too much to do. But, yeah, in, in theory, we could with everybody fit. Well, I mean, not just that, but... You know, this some of the craziest suggestions. I know you was you was mentioning it last week. Some mm. of the suggestions, but you know, like if they play like double headers in one day and things, yeah, and yeah. you never know what could happen. Any yeah, any crazy yeah, be, stuff could happen, couldn't it? Yeah, it'd be an absolute lottery because <laughs> yeah, it would just be nuts. Um, <laughs> so yeah, James, yeah, it is possible, but I don't know. It's mad. It all greatly depends how they decide to do it if they do it. Um, James Campbell says, once everything gets back to normal, how much time should Mourinho be given to get results? One year, two years, and what sort of results are acceptable enough to keep him around, especially given how unentertaining we've become? Um, I think there's there's two factors to this. So the entertainment thing, um, I'm, I'm going to defend Jose on this, which kind of hurts me a bit. Um, we weren't playing entertaining football under Mauricio Pochettino either and hadn't been for 12 to 18 months really we weren't I mean go back and watch um prior to that we were phenomenal we were great to watch but I mean you'll know you went to many a game we hadn't played well and clicked you know and we kept saying it on the podcast oh when we click again this is going to be great it just never happened um 
Yeah, pe- people. That's the thing. It's it, it. The brain's quite clever at tricking you into things. And what it, what it does with a lot of us, and it does with me, is I think right, Pochettino, and then my mind goes to those those years. You know, like you say, when we we we, we were second, third, we was fighting Leicester for the title. You know, we was playing the old White Hart Lane. But like you say, we forget that the last few months to a year of Pochettino's tenure was was awful, wasn't it? Yeah, and and that and that champ and I know I've said this plenty of times, but that Champions League run really masked how bad we were. Yeah, it really did. It, it really, really did. Um, we 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 weren't playing well. You know, we were still picking up the results every now and again, but we weren't playing well. The whole team just seemed done in, fatigued, and the reality is, we came into this season the same, and because of that, Mauricio lost his job. Um, and because of that, Jose has inherited that. And I, I think it's very difficult to judge him, his tactics, what the team are going to play like until he's given the opportunity to turn it into his team. Mm. How much time anyone should be given. I mean, I'm always a believer that if you hire someone, you're paying them that amount of money. You don't make snap decisions because you, it doesn't make sense to do that. You know, the guy's literally won stuff at every single club he's been at. You have to listen to him. You have to say, okay, what do you need to achieve that here? And and give that to him. Because if you don't, then what was the point in appointing him? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, it's, it's it's like um, I'm seeing a lot of people obviously talking about Harry Kane going. But yeah. I, I was I, my, my view is with Harry Kane is he knows that like you just said Mourinho's yeah. a winner he's won everything yeah. and if I was Kane I would say look I'm 26 now I'll give you a year if if if, if you're showing that we're going to win a trophy soon yeah. off we win one next season then by all means sign me a new contract but if we have yeah. another year of the same old shit that we've had yeah. then yeah, that's it I'm, I'm off I'm on, I'll be 27 yeah. I'll, I'll still yeah. have I'll be in the right prime of my life you know, yeah. Spurs will still be able to get a huge fee for me but I, yeah. I feel like we, we not just Harry Kane but we as fans should give Mourinho a year because look you know there's there's a lot of people saying he's gone stale the fo- football's overtaken him you know no, all this and that I'm not, I'm not a believer in no that. but but at, at the end of the day the guy is a serial winner that is that is yeah. that you can't you can't get around that you know so this is this is I think what what we what um, convinced Levy and also in a way should convince us and you know you were saying about the, the, the knee jerk the snap decisions the yeah. silly and I know again something else you mentioned earlier about fringe you always get fringe yeah. fans with silly decisions but this Mourinho out thing is just ridiculous absolutely ridiculous I mean he's not even been with us for a season yet give the yeah. guy a pre-season uh, in his strange times I know but but I, I just think we, we, we possibly can we, we we possibly can see the the fruits of you know the, of, of hiring him hopefully you know, soon. Yeah, well that's of course I mean that's what we hope for. I mean we're Tottenham fans, we're forever hopeful. But, yeah. I mean it's that you know we we hope that it can convert. I mean remember when he arrived, you know we were scoring for fun and conceding for fun. Yeah. And you know we were doing that, and then Kane was out, Sonny was out. You know. You, it's very difficult for people to, you know, he signed Bergwijn, came in, media impact, then he got injured. You know, it's just, there's only so much he can do. Um, You know, Deli Alley's had to run himself into the ground, you know, yeah. he was scoring for fun, you know, so it, it just, uh, we, we got to let, we got to let him sort it out. Yeah. We can't, we can't just knee jerk because the, the club had a choice with Mauricio Pochettino. The, the choice was replace him or back him with a lot of money to replace a load of the squad. They they chose to replace him. You know that's what they chose to do. They now have to shape the squad around what Jose wants. And if they don't do that, then the question to the owners around footballing matters resume. You know because yeah. you're kind of like you can't just keep swapping managers. No, of course. The squad the squad is stale. The squad is stagnant. It needs to be tinkered with. I'm not talking about an overhaul, but you can change three to four players this summer, and we would suddenly look like a completely different team again. And and, that's, and, um, then, and you've yeah. hit the you've hit the nail on the head, Sam, because like my my mind's going to the Norwich game and uh, the FA Cup and uh, yeah. game, and and it was like our head has been hacked off. You know, we yeah. we we had 
midfielders. I, mean, I know. Look, you could. There's the argument for Deli Ali being able to play as that false, you know, number nine. Yeah, but but no, I, it's, 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 it just it it didn't work. And and you know, you look at the. You remember the the, the Fab Four we had. You know, Deli Ali, yeah. Kane, Ericsson and Sonny. You know, we was flying with those four, but. Like you say, when you when you when one gets sold, two are, two are injured, and the other one's not playing in his normal position. Yeah. No one, no wonder we're going to struggle. You yeah, know? And, and that's it. And and that's the thing we got to take into account the circumstances. He's come into this real stagnated squad, a real unhappy squad. He's working with them. He's trying to get them to do things. Give them the chance. Um, how long? I mean, personally, given how this season's ending, you know, the problems of this season, I'd like to think we'd give them all of next season. You know, of course, barring something drastic, you know, Jose can implode with the best of them. (laughs) So, so, you know, you can never say, oh, give them a season no matter what, because, of course, sometimes you've got to make a move. But, yeah, I mean, I'd like to see him get all of next season and see where we are, because... You know, he signed a three-year contract with us, so this is you know this season into next, and then he'd be into his final year. Um, the club could easily pull the trigger then, so yeah. we'll see. Um, uh, Alpesh K Patel says, "If you don't kick a ball for eight weeks, why should you be getting a hundred percent of your wages?" <laughs> what do you think, Matt? Oh, thanks, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, my, I, I'm not going to get sucked into that. I, I. I... I I made my my, my uh, feelings clear last week that I I, I had my anger misdirected yeah. towards the players and look yeah. I, I look I understand with his, I understand that Alpha's sentiment like you, that, you yeah. know but yeah I, I don't I don't want it I don't I don't want to get involved no. mate. well well you, well you can have this argument over uh, you know their summer break you know yeah why should why should they still get paid when they're not kicking a ball when they got summer off why should they get paid when they're injured. You know, why should they get paid if the manager's not picking them? Um, there, there's millions and millions of factors in this. Um, I, th- I think, re- part, sorry to interrupt, Sam, I think part yeah. of it as well is, you, you know, you look at you look at the, the club and um, the, the players, it's almost like, in a strange kind of way, that they almost, they're, um, who they are, like, supersedes almost them being on a football pitch playing. I know it sounds really random, yeah. but, yeah. like, Deli Ali, for example, like you know, he's a kids look up to him. Like you know, he, he goes yeah. on social media and he's this, he's this really cool dude that you know that children, that fans look at, children look up to, and he's a Spurs player, you know. And yeah. the fact, and that fact alone yeah. means that he that we need to be paying him a certain amount of money for him to for this superstar player in yeah. full international to be at our club, you know. So yeah. it, it almost it, not to, not. To, not completely, but it almost means that them being on a pitch playing football, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's not as it's, it's, you know, it's really hard yeah, to explain. No, no, I, I know what you mean. I mean, they, they are paid to be uh, representatives, representatives of the club. Um, you know, a guy like Harry Kane, for example, is the England captain. Um, he literally has brought supporters to our club. You know, yeah. kids love Harry Kane for England and now support Tottenham because of Harry Kane. Mm. Um, should they? Uh, it is difficult. Do I think the football players should take a uh, temporary pay cut or a pay deferment? Yes, one hundred percent. I think they should, um, because let's face it, none of them in the Premier League are going to the poverty line. Um, do I think that the players should be forced into that? No, because I don't agree with that in any walk of life at all. Um, they signed contracts and give up and sacrifice a lot to be professional football players. Um, and it is not their doing any more than it is the club's doing, the current situation. Agreements need to be reached, definitely. But um, yeah, it's, it's not as simple as you earn a million pound a month. Why do you need that? Because... That's what the market dictates. They earn, you know. That's not their fault. <laughs> so, yeah, it's 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 difficult. Um, the last one on here is from a guy called Andy Burton. Now, Andy is basically uh, not not Tottenham related, but basically football in general has come up with a solution to um to this possible end of season scenario. So, I want to read it to you in full and just get your opinion because I read this earlier on. You ready? Yep, yeah, let's go. <clears throat> 
This is more of a question for all the leagues rather than just Spurs related, but couldn't we look to extend the league to say September or October time? Then have a two month break, start again in December and have a December until November season in 2021. This would allow for the Euros to happen, you know, like mid-season in the middle of it. Do the same again in 2022 and then we arrive at the end of the season in November for the World Cup that year, which will start in December, uh, November, December in 2022. That means that Euro 2020, which is now 2021, would happen mid-season, but it would also mean that we'd have facility in place for further lockdowns in space, etc., you know, what do you think? I think it's over complicated, sir. So. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you think? Well, uh, I mean, I, I, it, it's, on. it's one of those. It's one of those things that you look at and you go, "Yeah, that's logical." Right. Yeah. yeah that, that that that's logical. That makes sense. The issue, actually, Andy, and um, I've seen that. I don't know whether Andy, you've seen it elsewhere as well, but I've seen that as a suggestion circulating for a few weeks. And there was a journalist, and I desperately tried to find the article, but I couldn't, who actually answered that theory. One of the biggest issues you'd face is there are certain agreements between sports. Like, so, for example, um, football. One of the things we've got about playing league football in the summer is there is an agreement with cricket that football season, rugby season, is different to the cricket season. So fans of football teams are going to go and attend their cricket if you see yeah, my point that makes sense yeah so there is agreement and around the world all the different leagues different countries there are loads and loads of agreements in place around when games can happen the other one around it is massive is policing um policing of football games is huge you know for this country alone is huge and the season designated, there are officers, etc., who basically make up their overtime, make up their hours. In essence, there are some officers who literally work for the football games. Mm. <laughs> and if that's all changed, then people's hours is massive. It, there are so many factors. Um, forget about TV contracts, sponsorship deals, player contracts when they run to, when they expire. It's huge. There is so much to it. It, it. You need to get back to the season as they are set as soon as possible. Um, you know, back to the normal. I, I completely get the when the World Cup happens, it would be kind of perfect to adjust the season to get to that point. But there are just so many financial factors and, and agreements that would need to be renegotiated. I think they're all just desperate to start the next season on time. Yeah, I, I think that's that's my thinking as well. That um, you know, I know we, again something we, we mentioned before, but as as a Spurs fan, I'd be yeah. happy to see the season voided. I mean, that's, <laughs> I'd, I'd love it. You can't get away from it, can you? I mean, yeah. it, it just we'd be great as as Spurs fans. It would be great to have the season voided. But uh, even if they did like a like a, like I said earlier, some kind of uh, summer festival of football and played them all over two or three weekends or something yeah. like that but I, I me me personally I think it, it next season next to, needs to be started on track normally you know because I think well if you start tinkering with the next three or four seasons it, it to me it just doesn't make sense I mean and, and like you said you know there are so many there are so many different factors that that could play into it it's 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 easy isn't it just to look here as 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 games of football but yeah. like you said there's so many different things that um that that, that come Massive. into play and, there, there, and, and there's entire industries that depend on the football games being yeah, times, I, yeah, I mean, like there, there was. I, I know, like I always think of America because I know they have like really big. Mm. Like they'll play their baseball and their America, their NFL, and they'll play their all different parts yeah. to get the the maximum. Yeah. Uh, but they, I remember seeing a tweet from somebody saying that chicken wings, um, like a company that, that sells chicken wings, have really they're almost going to go into administration because yeah. they used to sell sell them for a certain final of a of a sports event, and everyone yeah. would have beer and chicken wings, yeah. and because it never happened, they never sold any. You know. No. So yeah, it's, they, they it's even bizarre things like stock. that. It's massive. I mean, you look yeah. at in America again. Um, there was a secondary football league began called the XFL. 
Um, it's the second time they've tried to launch it. It's kind of like a alternative to the NFL. Um, and they've just gone bankrupt. They've had, yeah. to, they've had to file for bankruptcy because obviously with no games, they, they, they've gone. They don't mm. have the financial security that the NFL has. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's, it's a mad time. And I think... I think it's all changing rapidly. I mean, by the time we talk this time next week, things could have all changed again. I mean, there's a Premier League meeting tomorrow, Friday, uh, the 17th of April. And in that meeting, apparently there is going to be a discussion, according to a lot of leaked stuff from chairman to the press, around the club saying, we need this season to end by the end of June. Mm. It has to be, no matter what solution we come up with, because they're getting a lot of lawyers and a lot of player agents and stuff coming on about the contract situation. FIFA said, oh, just extend them. And then the world's like employment bodies have all gone, yeah, that's against the law. Just not going to do that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's just not legal. <laughs> you I... cannot force people <laughs> yeah. beyond their contract term to extend it. You you can't do it. And some transfers are already arranged. You know, some players, 30th of June, they move from one club to another. It's already done. Yeah, so that so if if if, if the season gets extended past that, it's going to yeah. be a disadvantage to the club who loses yeah. that player. So and, and an advantage to whoever gets him. Yeah, it sure. Is, it's a mess. And, it, and, is, it is a mess. Yeah, and and also uh, like I said as well uh, last week with with the players, you, you know they're going to have they they can't like if if they say. But if 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 everything gets eased, for example, at the beginning of May, or you know these these players can't go right. Let's play in a week's time. They're going to have to have weeks and weeks of getting back their fitness back and getting. You know, they, you can't just go back to playing football the the next week once it's all sort of calmed down. There needs to be almost like a pre-season period, doesn't there? Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean. We'll see where we are this time next week. Because <laughs> at the moment, it feels like it could change daily. Who knows? But, uh, mate, we'll, we'll call it there. Thank you so much for joining me again this week. Um, big thank you to everybody for listening. Uh, everybody who's taken the time to reach out to us with a message as well. We do really appreciate it. There was those comments on this post and a couple of messages we've had uh, thanking us was you know, much needed. And, uh, yeah, gratefully received. So a big thank you for that. Uh, we'll be back again next week um, and who knows where the world will be then <laughs> but uh, hopefully we're all going to still be well uh, but I'll speak to you again next week mate yeah take care Sam thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast be sure to join over 50,000 other Spurs fans on our Facebook page at Spurs News Until next time, come on, you Spurs! And remember, to dare is to do.